Welcome back to another episode of the Underwater Technology Podcast by the SUT, the Society for Underwater Technology. I'm Emily Boddy, Communications and Publications Officer at the SUT. And I'm Andrew Connolly with the SUT Aberdeen Branch and the SUT Council. Today we're speaking with Sarah Brown, Manager of the Scottish Marine Environmental Enhancement Fund, or SMEF. SMEF is a fresh new opportunity and approach to funding projects in the marine and coastal environment. The fund will enable users benefiting from marine ecosystem services to voluntarily reinvest in the health and biodiversities of our seas. This episode was recorded back in June 2022, so the funding application date Sarah mentions has now passed. However, successful grants are about to be announced and the new round of applications will be opening very soon. Please check the Nature Scott website for the most up-to-date information. Welcome to the Underwater Technology Podcast. My guest today is Sarah Brown from the Scottish Marine Environmental Enhancement Fund. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you very much. Lovely, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sarah's based just outside Oban, west coast of Scotland. She's going to talk to us about the Scottish Marine Environmental Enhancement Fund. But before we get into some of that, do you want to give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, so I come from a background really of uh, facilitation and engagement in marine issues, almost regardless of what kind of marine issues. So I was a marine planner in the Clyde for a while. I have also been working on facilitation and engagement with communities, working with strategic marine planning, that kind of thing. But now I've been with SME for a couple of years and I think I probably got the job I think it's, it's probably, it was my enthusiasm for it that came across, or possibly the fact that they liked my brass neck approach to <laughs> show me the money. I want I want to do really mm-hmm. good things and I can see the potential. So I, I'm really excited about what we're doing with Smith. I think it's probably one of the best things I've done with my career. Although that's not to play down the other things I've really enjoyed working with the recreational boating community through the years and, and um, helping them to become greener and, and leaner in what they do as well. Excellent. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I, I can see there's a link to the marine interest and uh, and and things of the sea. I'm a boater, you see. I'm I'm one of these awful. They, what do they call them? Waffies, wind assisted <laughs> <coughs> idiots. Yeah. So I'm I'm a sailor by heart, and I always have been. And that's what brings me to the west coast of Scotland. It's just it is the best sailing in the world. Oh, um, yeah, brilliant! And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you talk about the subsea environment. Well, being on the sea is pretty cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, the Scottish Marine Environmental Enhancement Fund. Bit of a, a tongue a, twister. A tongue twister for me to say. Smeef, you were calling Smeef. it. Smeef to you, its friends. Yes. Yeah, Smeef to its friends. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit what it is? What's it, what is it about? So, Smeef is basically it, it's it's a private finance initiative, a green finance initiative. The idea being that we have our uh, acknowledged environmental climate and biodiversity crises, emergencies that the Scottish government's recognised. And we need to upscale the amount of money going into restoration activities. Now, government mm-hmm. can't do that on its own. Everybody wants to play their part. And SMEF is there as the vehicle to do that. So it's the the kind of go-between between businesses that have used the ecosystem services, as they're called, in the marine environment. And then they want to pay back into restoring that natural environment for the, for the good of, of everybody. So SMEF sits in the middle there. We we help to bring the money in. We raise awareness to the fact that we can do that as a good, transparent vehicle. We're hosted by Nature Scott, but run by Nature Scott, Scottish Government, Marine Scotland and Crown Estate Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then we use that expertise to pay out grants that allow people to get on with doing the restoration in the marine environment. Huge range of projects. 
Um, so it could be anything from seagrass restoration, native oysters, sand dunes, or it could be something to do with cetaceans. It could be something further offshore. Seabird colony restoration is a big issue at the moment, of course, with the okay. avian influenza um, happening at the moment. But yeah, that's basically what we're there for, is to be that vehicle, bring fresh money in and do some really good stuff with it. And where does this all come about from then? How, how would that get started? Well, I suppose it's been on the table for sort of, I don't know, a, a lot of years. I mean, there's been a lot of private finances always come through. But in the last few years, I suppose there's the, the Blue Planet effect where people have become mm-hmm. more aware of plastic pollution in our seas. And then, of course, with uh, the awareness of the uh, biodiversity and climate change crises, that really has kind of sharpened a lot of pencils, people realising that, that really change needs to happen and it needs to happen quickly. And then, of course, you've got a lot of development happening in the marine environment in Scotland, in particular with the Scotland developments, and, and that yeah, has also yeah. brought things into focus. So there's that sort of brilliant moment where the, the swells all came together and you, you get a wave that crests. And, uh, yeah, if I can follow that analogy through, we've got a standing wave of SMEF, which we're currently surfing and we're going to continue to surf to, to kind of keep that energy going and, and bring the money in. Excellent. Yeah. You're trying to formalise slightly how funds would be distributed amongst um, viable parties, really. Effectively, I mean, SMEF is there, you know, when you look at it in simplistic terms, we're there money in, money out. We bring mm-hmm. in private finance. We work with businesses to work out what they want to donate to marine environmental restoration. And then we get it back out in terms of grants. Feels fairly, fairly easy so far, fairly sort of straightforward. What's the unique selling point of SMEF? Why, why do we need this thing? And realistically, it's because we are offering a science-based approach and full transparency that goes along with working with government. So there's, there's nowhere to hide. It's completely science-based. People give us money and we follow that science as to where mm-hmm. the best restoration outcomes can be achieved. People have got the security of knowing that they're paying into a government-backed fund which means that they've got the kind of the transparency and the rigor that goes along with that. And it also, from the grant recipient's point of view, they know that they're working with somebody that, that's got the, the knowledge behind us to enable the best possible outcomes. You're talking about sources of funding. What, what sort of sources are you talking about? You know, is it big organisations or sort of private investors or a bit of a mix of that kind of thing? I'm after the biggest donations that we can find, and I will take them from anybody who is willing to, to talk to us as long as they meet our ethical contributions policy. So realistically, we are looking at everybody that has got an interest in the marine environment. So it could be offshore energies, and mm-hmm. it could be the renewable sector, be fisheries, transport, could be extractive industries, so aggregates. It could be anybody that's involved in tourism, recreation, cruise ships. It's pretty much anybody. And, and it could also be individuals. It could be individuals who just want to be involved in the restoration of the marine environment and, and put their money somewhere where they know it's going to be spent as effectively as possible. So it's, it's a huge range of businesses that we're working with. Aquaculture is another sector that we'll definitely be working with. Yeah, I'm sure plenty of organisations of, you know, of what you're speaking about have a big box to be ticked for their, their sort of sustainable credentials, really. So, you know, yeah. are, are you hoping that's a, this is a vehicle for that? Definitely. So this, this comes under corporate social responsibility. It also yeah. comes under environment, society and governance. So it's sort of that CSR ESG space that we're working in. And we're very much in that, that philanthropic space. So it's, it's donations and voluntary donations at that. But it's also, you know, it's the, the potential is there for businesses to take it to the next step where it's helping them to meet their net zero targets 
and helping the carbon sequestration potential of our coasts and seas. So there's an awful lot to it that has got legs beyond just the basic kind of feel good factor. You know, it's it's more than that. Yeah, yeah, I see. How does it differ from from other funds that are are out there? I think the big difference with SMEF is that we've got this, the steering group is made up, as I said earlier, of Marine Scotland, Crown Estate Scotland, and mm-hmm. Nature Scot. So you've got the government bodies, you've got consenting bodies, you've got the licensing body. So we've got knowledge in that room that really is unique. You know, there's nobody else that's placed better to to really help make sure that the projects are effective as possible. The only things we won't fund are political campaigning and statutory duties. So there's no way that this money is going to go into, you know, paying for SEPA to go and do coastal water sampling treatments. No offence to SEPA, important work, <laughs> you know. But we will will pay out for just about anything else. So as long as it is science-led, as long as it fits within, we're going to be doing opportunity mapping that will help us to understand where the best opportunities are for restoration around our seas and coasts. So we will be, be able to pay out to those. We've also got this great opportunity because of where we sit to tie in with government funding as well. So SMEF has benefited from a kickoff from the Nature Restoration Fund. So we've been able to access some of those public funds to allow us to open for this first grants round, even without any of the private money coming in. I see. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, was going to ask about getting the thing started and off the ground, and you know, it's, it's enough of a challenge, obviously. And, and you know, it sounds like you've done an incredible job getting the the various organisations together and the right people together to start deciding who's who's going to get the funding. Not to mention where you're going to get the funding from. Yeah. But as you say, you know, you've you've got access to to some public funding to start off with, and and then hopefully access to some of the investment that'll be coming in as you as you start to attract some of these initiatives. I mean, I don't wish to blow my own trumpet, but (laughs) (laughs) if I don't, who will? No, this is not, this is genuinely not about me. Last year, we were able to access the Nature Restoration Fund and we got just over 2 million out the door for marine projects in Scotland. Most of that's capital funding, but we were able to then create a pipeline of projects that SMEF is now benefiting from. So we've been able to kind of pump prime the system. Mm -hmm. We're now working with those uh, grantees to talk to them about what the next steps are and what the funding needs are for them. That has also allowed us to prove that we can do this, we can get the grants out, that we can be effective, that we know where the best place to spend the money is. And that has meant that that half million that's come from the Nature Restoration Fund has already started to lever private funding. So we've already had, we only opened for donations on the 11th of May. We already have five partners that we're working with to get them through the due diligence processes to allow us to actually take in their finance. So it's flowing already. It's actually the money is starting to come in. So it is, it has, you know, it's not been without its challenges. I, I definitely will say that the last <laughs> last year and a half, more challenges than perhaps I was expecting. But it now that we're open and we're we're running, it's really great to see the businesses are absolutely keen as anything to get involved with this and to to support the work that we're doing yeah that's definitely the rewarding thing after a significant piece of work to get something going yeah it certainly sounds like 
you're starting to get that traction with organizations that are going to invest. So excellent to see. In terms of some of the projects that might be looking to to benefit from this, it might maybe too early to see what a successful case study would look like. But you know, as there as the the start of something going? Oh gosh, yes. I mean, there's communities out there who are actually working on this and, and NGOs as well. So from the, the previous year when we did the, the two million with the Nature Restoration Fund, we've we funded things like the Loch Craignish Sea Wilding Program, where they are okay. restoring seabed habitats. So they're looking at um, seagrass and native oysters. So I think they're looking to get a third of a million native oysters back into Loch Craignish in in and over the next year or so. Also restoring uh, the, the seagrass habitat there. We've put some money into the Firth of Forth restoration that the WWF is working on. Uh, we've done some projects with the RSPB uh, to look at how do you protect sea breeding seabird colonies and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of projects out there which are either already running or are just getting up and started. So there's there's a, a great scale of expenditure that, that could be really kind of exciting over the next year or 18 months. And to see projects like that, you know, reaching a point where you've had a success story and the project is now on its own feet or, you know, it's a sort of, I guess it's maybe case by case, but some will get mm. extended funding. It's not easy for communities in particular to to make money out of nature restoration. I mean, the, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of talk about nature-based solutions and how you can turn it into return on investment. SMEF is going to look at that. We're going to see if there are ways that we can create opportunities for that to happen so that these projects can be self-financing. We are also very keen to work with them to see if there are ways through using tourism or um, social bridging finance mechanisms or other financial mechanisms to help them to be self-financing. But at the moment, the focus is very much on those biological indicators and the climate change indicators. So how much carbon is being sequestered? How many habitats are being restored? Can we work it out in square meters, square miles, number of oysters? You know, those sorts of, of parameters we're really looking for. But what we're seeing as well, you know, you, you look at things like the Dasgupta review and the work that the Scottish government has done on green jobs. We see that the green job sector is just growing like bilio. And that mm-hmm. SMEF is part of that. You know, we're looking at how we can encourage and support jobs in local communities um, particularly in these remote communities, you know, where I'm based on the West Coast here, you know, there's, there's a lot of communities who are interested in diversifying, being part of environmental work uh, in the marine environment. And that can lead to jobs that then help communities to be more settled, more cohesive and, you know, better able to manage their own projects and better able, in fact, to deal with the, the challenges that are going to come with climate change. You were kind of to share a a press release with me to to give me some uh, some background reading to do. One of the things I picked up on was uh, about net zero and and so in my own day job being a bit more connected to some of the energy industries. Net zero is obviously a, a very popular term at the moment. I mean, is, is it something that you're expecting to see a few projects coming through? Or you know how how big a a feature is that likely to be of your work? Well, gosh, I mean, it's really, it's on the money inside and it's on the money Mm -hmm. outside. So from money in perspective, I mentioned the Ethical Contributions Board there. What they're looking for are businesses that have committed to a route to net zero, who are doing that on a science-based approach so that they've got an evidence base to be able to say that they're actually achieving their targets. And then from the grants out perspective, we want to help people who've got ways of achieving that. So if there are ways that we can help people on the route to net zero, we would be delighted to do that. We are absolutely willing to talk to businesses. So that's the, the primary objective of a project needs to be biological. But if there's a money-making side of it, then we, we're absolutely 
keen to talk to businesses as well. And if that's linked into net zero, then that's all the better. I mean, it is a massive societal challenge to get to net zero, and we are absolutely committed to playing our part. Excellent. Yeah, it's certainly a massive period of change, a massive challenge to get to what people are calling net zero. Yeah, Um, absolutely. What's going to be next for Smeef? What are the next big things happening? Well, people ask me what my fundraising target is. And, you know, that that's that kind of, you know, what's next? How do you know when you've achieved it? And <laughs> I, I really, I don't have a fundraising target. I just say the moon on a stick. I just want, I want as much money as I can get. I know the projects are out there to be funded. I know that we can do some really great stuff. I know that the marine environment is resilient and will recover incredibly quickly with given the right support. So really what's next for me is to start getting that money rolling in and getting the mm-hmm. grants rolling out. So we're open for expressions of interest at the moment for grantees. That closes on the 4th of July and we're hopeful that we'll have the first grants out by September. So that will be that money getting spent. And as I said, we've already got five businesses on the books that we're putting through the due diligence and we can take plenty more. We're just appointing mm-hmm. a new member of staff who's starting on Monday and he's going to be doing a lot of the due diligence and working on that, just helping businesses to come through, make the best of their donations and make the process as smooth for them as possible. So really, it's, it's yeah, show me the money. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, the SUT membership who make it some of the audience and, and I guess the wider audience as well, you know, can be involved in a lot of the organisations that you're speaking about. So, you know, is, is, there, is there something that some of the SUT membership can do to assist? Absolutely. You know, please do have a look at our website. So it's smeef, S-M-E-E-F dot Scott. Um, please do get in touch. I'm very, very happy to have a one-to-one, no obligation conversation with any business that wants to get in touch with us about either about funding or getting involved in the grant side of things, or, you know, just wants to know more about this green finance side of nature restoration in Scotland. But really what your members can do, and again, I go back to, you know, why did I get employed? Possibly because I've got a brass neck. I go back to your members and I'll just say, get your checkbooks out, give me the money. <laughs> Let's do some really great stuff. I will show you how good it can be. I will show you how exciting it can be. I will show you what good feedback we can give you, what good metrics we can give you. and. It really is a case of the more people who get involved, the better work we can do and the faster we can do it. So this is about scaling up and getting stuff done. That's absolutely excellent to hear an initiative like this scored and certainly wish you all the success for the coming months and years. It'll certainly be interesting to see what projects are going to come through as that time passes. I was just just thinking back to, I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody last night and... um, (laughs) Reminds me of, uh, of of Bob Geldof at the the live aid concert. It's like, yep, we need to get your checkbooks out. Give us, give us your money. <laughs> it, it that has been noted before, and you know, I mean, I'm I am so enthusiastic about what I'm doing. You know, I just think that this is just it's a trusted organisation that we've got. And we've got a really great opportunity to make some big differences and do some do some really cool stuff. Marine environment has been underfunded. When you look across the whole, uh, you know, the, the kind of marine restoration piece, the money goes to peat bogs and trees and, you know, rivers and stuff. And, and that's great and necessary. But marine has been really underfunded over the years. So you just imagine how we can take off. If we start to get a proper flow of money coming through. You know, it, it just... It's got it's got jobs potential. It's got community support potential. It's got biodiversity, climate potential. It's just it's a great thing. And I really want to see businesses 
grasping that as best they can, being part of the solution. And, you know, one of the things I would say to your businesses is perhaps perhaps they've not been involved in the environment agenda. You know, perhaps they've been busy with the day job. I completely get that. There is no judgment here at all. You know, just come to us and talk to us mm-hmm. um, about where you want to get engaged and how you want to get engaged. And we will work with you to meet your needs as well as as the needs of, of the natural environment. Absolutely. Yeah. You give us a, a note of the email address to go to to get in touch already. So we'll include that in the description of the, the podcast. So audience, if, if you're wanting to get in touch, take a look at the podcast description to be information there. Is there a website to go and look at more information as well? Absolutely. So we are www.smeef.scot and I am manager at smeef.scot. You can get through to me that way. You can also email straight to grants at smeef.scot or okay. donations at smeef.scot. But I have access to all those inboxes. So, you know, you can come to the Oracle or you can go via another route. It's entirely up to you. All roads lead to Sarah. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much for giving us a bit of an insight into the Smeef initiative. And it sounds like a fantastic thing. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with it. Thank you very much indeed. I look forward to hearing from your members. Well, let's let's hope that you'll be inundated with, okay. with contacts following the Underwater Technology Podcast. It leads us to finish on our recurring theme of subsea facts. Is there an interesting fact or experience that you're going to share with us? As a marine planner, and uh, when I was working in the Clyde, obviously we, we talk a lot about uh, the nephrops fishery in the Clyde. I remember talking about the miles and miles of mud on the seafloor. And okay. I made the mistake of saying that, that you know, it's just mud. <laughs> and i got such a flea in my ear from the the marine scientists and fishermen around me that i have become a mud convertee i am so (laughs) so into sea pens and burrowed mud and little things that go squelch down on the seafloor that uh, it's probably probably not good dinner table conversation but i just wanted to say that the subsea world the really deep subsea world of all that miles and miles of mud is one of the unsung habitats of our planet mm-hmm. and uh, i really i wish that more people were aware of it and were able to celebrate it really it is as you say it's in general an unknown world or I mean, it's not an unknown world some people know about it but to the majority of us uh, it's it's an unknown world but you so. guys get to see it all the time that's the thing you don't realize how lucky you are to be <laughs> down there with all that mud <laughs> we should be bathing it <laughs> I think some of our audience probably do listen to the podcast while having dinner. So hopefully, hopefully not put off by the, the thought of mud. I think most of them probably listen to it while driving the car. So let's hope they're not having dinner while driving the car at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit dangerous. So no, well, thank you very much for that. Thanks again for an interesting insight into Spief. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us. Well, thank you all very much. I would just give a shout out to SUT for um, when I first started, it was um, Karen that invited me along to mm-hmm. the group meetings. And it, that really gave me a shot in the arm to see the interest in that group for me. I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. The support I've had has just been superb. So thank you all very much for that. Appreciate it very much. Very welcome indeed. Just to thank the audience, of course, for tuning into the podcast. We we'll hope to see you again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Underwater Technology Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about SUT, you can go to our website, sut.org. You can also find SUT across various social media by searching for the Society for Underwater Technology. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email podcast at sut.org. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back with a new episode next week.
Thank you.